0: I guess when I was in the application process, I was sort of struck. And I think you do notice, don't you? You immediately start seeing UCL kind of everywhere, Right? all the people on TV, you know, the work to support pandemic response. Um, you, you kind of, I mean, obviously I knew about UCL before I joined, but I just, I didn't realise quite the um, how prolific, I guess, it was. And, the, you know, the, it's kind of, as I said, yeah, sort of UCL everywhere.
1: This week on Tech Talks, we are talking to Andy Smith, the CIO at UCL. And it's a two-part interview, the first part of which we talk all about becoming a CIO of an organization when you can't physically get there. And the second part, all about actually what he's trying to do and how he's trying to build that team and connect it to the mission of the organization. This is Tech Talks. It's your twice-weekly technology podcast with myself, David Savage, powered by the Harvey Nash Group, where we bring you thoughts and comments from leaders across the industry and a little bit of technology news. drawing back the curtain a little bit i'm an ibiza i mean i'm not right now i'm sat in in kent right now but by the time this is going out i'm in a b
2: <laughs> do you remember where we actually went out last night you were showing me pictures of the villa um that you were staying yes yeah and of course
1: i remember i wasn't drunk yes i, don't true, drink. I true. remember only shit one
2: there. of only one of us was drunk that was me uh <laughs> um i got a
1: video of you dancing but i decided not i thought about posting it on the tech talks instagram as a story but
2: i thought no i'll I'll leave it thank you thank you appreciate that i was also uh, on the karaoke mic anyway let's carry on
1: (laughs) yes you were i particularly enjoyed it when people tackled boys to men to be perfectly honest i thought that that is risky (laughs) let's take on like one of the best male vocal pop bands of all time whilst drunk
2: yeah it was uh yeah, it was it was very bad. Anyway, um also for the record, I would like to also let people mm-hmm. know that we are recording this on the same day, right? So it's not that every time the the night before a Tech Talks episode, I'm <laughs> I'm drunk. It's not you know, if,
1: they, if they listen to Friday and then they listen to <laughs> Tuesday, they'll be like, Jesus, Akish went out on Monday. Yeah, this guy just gets
2: drunk. So you're actually an ib Ibiza this week. Um, yes, partying it, living it up, um
1: sort of. I'm going to an adults-only yoga retreat,
2: so. <laughs> well um <laughs> could you get more pretentious yeah exactly sounds very posh mate um and i'm in london so yeah
1: i hope that's working out well for you um talking of london our guest today is andy smith the cio of ucl obviously one of the best academic institutions in london Uh and this episode is part or well part one of two parts because we've done Um, A longer interview with Andy because he is a new CIO and it's quite interesting to get the perspective of a CIO in higher education. Um, This is all about the role of the CIO and starting a new job in the pandemic. Friday's show is all about how he's building the team. But we'll hand over to the interview and then we'll come back with some thoughts on it in a moment. So this morning I am joined by Andy Smith, the CIO at UCL. How are you this morning?
0: I'm very well. Nice uh, Nice to see you.
1: Yes, yes. And it's, I mean, by the time this goes out, I'm sure we'll have lurched headlong into the autumn. But right now, it feels beautiful out there. It's kind of sunny and blue sky. So it's a lovely morning to be chatting to you.
0: Yeah, no, fantastic. I mean, I I, I don't know. I like September. I think I've often started new jobs in September. And um, yeah, it can often be beautiful, I think. Nice time of the year. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It does
1: tend to kind of, I mean, in my mind, August is is rubbish and September is quite good. So, And of course, September is is the point at which students uh, across the country will be heading back to university, which is quite apt, given your role uh, at UCL. So I imagine that this is a busy time of year uh, from, from that perspective.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the university very much kind of works on the student annual cycle with um for us towards the end of september being the start of the year um, i guess i've really only seen the university in, in times of coronavirus uh because i started back in may last year so it's been an unusual start to the term uh, or was last year which was a kind of a more fully online experience um, and this year we're really working hard to welcome the students back But while also kind of complementing that with sort of digital aspects for how they will learn and experience UCL. So, yeah, very much uh, trying to get that all ready for the start of term.
1: Might almost be like you've got two years worth of freshers mentality students, students who, you know, the second years as well as the first years, who to a large degree haven't experienced university in the traditional kind of guise that most of us would, would assume so.
0: Yeah, no, that that's exactly right. And um, you know, actually unfortunately for some who were, you know, on master's programs or one year programs, their experience of the UCL was very much affected um uh, by coronavirus. But yes, we've got a big cohort of people really um, that this is the first time to fully experience the, the university in in full action and all of the you know hopefully kind of kind of rounded sort of you know great education but also other things that come part of um student life and yeah really focused on trying to make that as great as we can.
1: So you mentioned there is this is this is kind of going to be your first experience of that. When did you join UCL?
0: So I joined uh UCL in May twenty twenty um yep. and um I felt that, like it, that was in the middle of
1: the first lockdown, was it? Yeah,
0: was, it was. The like? Lockdown had just begun, maybe the March before, yeah. or just you know a couple of months before I arrived. So I didn't get the full lockdown experience, but I guess was sort of thrown into a university, trying to deal with um, you know, all, all the challenges that other people have faced in the pandemic, you know, to run the institution, um, you know, online, um, and, and really to look after staff and students. And I think there was really. Um, I I guess I I plunged into a a university that was, um, I think, really trying to get that right. Um, And I Mm. think we did, you know, I did a really good job, actually, of being quite um, centred around some values, around safety, uh, looking after the students and their experience um, and and looking after staff. And it actually was a great, in some ways, ironically, you could say it was a great time to join the university because it was at a very focused point. Um, and we had, you know, a lot of work to do to get the university to work in a kind of much more digital way in, in quite an accelerated fashion, um, which, as an incoming CIO, is actually quite a helpful thing.
1: It's, it's interesting because one of the questions that that I am keen to ask you is why is it UCL? Because you you've you've had a, a an interesting career, you were arm prior to this, but I think we'll park the the why in the bigger context just for the second to say did you did you ever kind of go oh christ joining a university in this scenario because there's one thing kind of a a white collar tertiary sector a corporate enterprise organization where everyone's been told right go home and work versus a university where students do have different expectations it's not just a as the same relationship that an employer and an employee you have where you kind of just trying to kind of get on teams and get the work done students want more from that experience
0: yeah and i guess in many ways that's part of what attracted me to ucl is you know it's, it's a global top 10 university you know you could look at it and say it's like like a you know a big enterprise you know multi-billion pound enterprise with all of the challenges that you know come with that more than ten thousand staff um and a desire to kind of um, you know, run that really well. You know, and you know, at the at its core, um, you know, has this fantastic mission um, in terms of educating. Uh, you know, a really bright cohort of diverse students, um, and as you say, sort of really trying to bring an experience to life for them, um, mm. as well as you know, the, the the incredibly important sort of research activity um, that UCL does, and. I guess when I was in the application process, I was sort of struck. And I think you do notice, don't you? You immediately start seeing UCL kind of everywhere, right? All the people on TV, you know, the work to support pandemic response. Um, you you kind of I mean, obviously I knew about UCL before I joined, but I just I didn't realise quite the um how prolific I guess it was. And the, you know, the, it's kind of as I said, yeah, sort of UCL everywhere.
1: I suppose we kind of have that that idea of what uh going into the you know the the education higher education uh sector might be versus the commercial world and and you have come from the commercial world were those were those um instincts or, or so assumptions proved largely right or wrong had you did you did you i suppose what surprised you going into the environment
0: yeah I, I, and i think this might you never know quite what to expect <laughs> when coming into a new role and um I, I like working for organisations that are very purposeful. Um, that you know, that want to make a difference in the world, um, and that resonated, um, you know, with ARM and UCL. You know, both very smart organisations, um, and I think that's also very you know kind of helpful. Um, and uh, you know, and was kind of a bit what I expected um, to find a level of intellect and debate, um, which was was great. Um, but I think on the other hand. I think I think the IT within a university um, is a bit underdeveloped. I, I think there is a lot of opportunity to, you know, I'm not saying just taking ideas from the kind of commercial sector, but to really take it on um, and apply some of the the techniques that are, you know, very um, some of the more progressive approaches to to realising you know digital outcomes. So, um, so I think on one hand, you know, I really I found UCL, you know, very much to my liking. Um, and I guess, um, on the other hand, um, I, you know, I found that there was a lot to do um, in terms of really taking an IT organisation forward, and you know, helping it. I think be really confident about the role that it plays in the university.
1: Uh, now we talked about the fact that obviously you, you you didn't join in normal times. I think looking back, that I and certain colleagues and friends were naive about how long this was going to go on. I certainly remember at the beginning of the first lockdown, having a conversation with a colleague where this goes on for three weeks, it'll be a disaster, (laughs) which in hindsight is ridiculous uh, with everything that we now know. But at what point did you go or, or did the university get a sense that, no, this might not be students remote for the first term. This is students remote for the full year. And going into that, you know, you're planning for, A relatively normal year, I imagine, with some measures uh, coming up. But last year, how easy was it to plan with a slight uncertainty around, you know, was it a case that we've just got to imagine that we're going to be remote for the full year?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it definitely was challenging. Um, I mean, obviously, we we were helped, I guess, by guided by some of the best sort of leading medical practitioners who um, weren't shy at giving us advice on you know how they saw the pandemic panning out. So I, I think we had a good dose dose of realism from them that this wasn't going to be a short term thing. I mean, I think we had some you know really big questions. You know, actually, you know, were the students going to come? You know, what 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 was what were the choices people were going you know were going to make? Overseas students, local students um how were they going to deal with studying remotely um, you know and and you know would they choose to defer what so how do we make sure that we have um a sustainable university because um, we are obviously dependent on that student fee income to pay the bills um so we, you know that was kind of one of our first considerations or uh, but i guess you know sorry before that was you know how do we look after the health and well-being of students and staff so how do we run the university in the right way and yeah you know to your point there was a lot of uncertainty, um, and we built plans and scenarios that looked at different ways in which the pandemic could play out. So not really forecast more scenarios that we could test our plans against, um, and it probably came out roughly around the kind of middle scenario. We definitely had more, I guess, dystopian scenarios that we looked at, but um, and you know, and it was really helpful to us to test our plans against that and just make sure that we we prospered as as well as we could. Um, regardless of what the virus did to us.
1: Did that episode then focus the role of the CIO? Because, you know, there, there, is, there has been a lot of d- debate about the future role of the CIO within organizations o- o- over the last five years. And My feeling was that the CIO is heading towards kind of being that quite kind of business-facing role. Um, I imagine that this may well have have narrowed down that that remit to to really kind of understanding where can I make a difference given this situation.
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think at its heart, it, it highlights a CIO needs to connect to its organization's mission and needs to focus on the most important work. You know, that's kind of what we do. Um, so, you know, absolutely, you need to be in tune with organizational priorities and imperatives. And I guess there were a set of CIO-related digital imperatives that we absolutely had to deliver. So in some ways, yes, in that sense, that narrowed the focus. And instead of me spending six months, you know, gadding around the university, meeting people and, you know, having like nice lunches or whatever you do um, when you get back to campus, it was very targeted on actually running the university in a fully digital way by September. Um, that drove my first six months. Um, again, again I, I think for a CIO, quite helpful because um, it puts you in the center of a conversation very naturally. Um, and then, you know, from there, you can then start to explore some of the kind of longer term things that you need to work on. Um, but uh, yeah, I, th- I think COVID very much shaped the beginning. Um in some ways dictated an agenda, you know, it wasn't, you know, mm. what's the strategy? What do we need to do? It's well, you know, actually operationally, this is what we need to do to be successful.
1: Has it, um, has it permanently evolved the role of the CIO slightly, or is it just a case that it, it, it rejigged your priority list for a period of time?
0: Uh, I mean, I think COVID will change the world. Um, right, so I, I think it, it will change how organisations like UCL work. You know, some of the um, progress we've made around using digital technologies to enhance how we teach, not not to replace, you know, face to face and the fantastic work that's done across the departments, but to use technology to augment. Um, and I think that's, you know, that will have changed forever, and we we won't go back. We'll find um, different ways of of bringing this together. Um, so I, I think the other, the other part of it is, you know, we're, we're heading towards working on a kind of UCL strategy. And I think this experience has helped put digital kind of closer to the center of that. So we, as we build our plans over the next few years, um, I, I think you, you, it, it's more obvious to people Why this matters, and that um, more central to the strategic endeavour.
1: And you mentioned it was a large part about connecting to the mission. What what does that really involve?
0: Yeah, I I, I mean, I I think it starts with really good listening um, and making sure. It's obviously there's a kind of senior team dynamic, so it's it's making sure that. the, the, the IT agenda the digital agenda is on the table is 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 so being a full participant I guess in the senior team um, and making sure that it is connected um, I think it's then about, Really listening to the kind of key stakeholder groups. You know, we have some very, you know, I guess I'm a big believer in um, sort of agile approaches and user need. So, really understanding, you know, the student voice um, and what their expectations are, um, and therefore, you know, how UCL needs to respond. Um, really understanding the needs of the lecturers, the academics. Um, so, I, th- I think it's about engaging at multiple levels. Um, and, and I guess really being part of trying to join the pieces together because technology is not delivered in isolation. It's actually, you know, it's people, it's process and technology. So, um, and then I guess the final piece is then the translation of that into some th- simple things that my team can take on. So they can understand, actually, this is my role. This is how it connects. Um, so it's a translation um, so that everyone understands how what their work builds up to, to the mission.
1: Right. I I have to say, um, there are obviously an increasing amount of people who started jobs in pandemics, right? And we've had a number of them on the show. But going into something like higher education, where the rhythms of the year are so set, and then having them kind of to an extent thrown out the window. Like, you know, you build up to September, the students, Freshers' Week, all of that kind of activity. Uh, and as a university, that idea that you're going to have all these people on, not maybe not campus, because UCL is obviously not a campus university, mm-hmm. but in the buildings, on site, in lecture halls, like using the facilities and that sudden flood and influx and, and activity and the demands that they bring mm-hmm. are not happening, must be really strange.
2: yeah it's crazy right and it's probably well it's the only time in ever that that sort of stuff has happened and it's had to be emergency breaks in education and all that and for him to then <clears throat> join on as the cio um director of technology and, you know the the university leaning more and more towards technology that must have been chaos um and i, I don't think, i don't think they would have talked about his first uh, 90 days in his kind of interview process. I got, oh, by the way, you're going to be joining us. Uh, slap bag in the middle of the first pandemic when no one really knows what's happening. Um You know, and uh, yeah, welcome, welcome to your new role. So I, I don't think that was discussed, but yeah, chaos. That is absolutely chaos.
1: Yeah. And I find it really interesting. So he's gone in as CIO. Hmm. And, all those things that you would probably normally do going in as an exec and leading a team that you would normally do in, in, I mean, let's not talk about normal times. Cause I think, I think talking about normal and the new normal and not normal and whatever else is just, mm. maybe it's a bit passe. Cause, cause we're never going back to the way that it was exactly. But mm. previously what we would have talked about as being normal, you'd have got in, you would have got to know people, you would have been able to kind of really influence it directly. And that, that you're having to do um at, distance whilst an organization is going through a huge amount of change. Um, And if you have a look on um, Gartner, for example, and they talk about the CIO at the minute, there's a lot of content on there about CIOs need to coach their teams, not command them. And I get the impression from listening to Andy that he's, very much along those lines of it's it's a coaching role. It's trying to bring the best out of people as a CIO, yeah. uh, and you certainly can't go in there and kind of set your agenda in quite the same way that maybe that traditional view would have been five or ten years ago. Mm,
2: I, th- I think I think also do you not reckon it would, it would have just been like a bit more kind of chaos or not chaos but it would it would have just been very confusing for everyone like in that kind mm-hmm. of senior leadership panel or team just to be like right we've got you know a senior exec coming in this is the team this is the function how are we expecting that new person to add value straight away when we don't even know what's going on. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it it must've just been weeks or a month or so of, of just absolute, you know, kind of bit of confusion, a bit of having to think very quickly and think outside of the box and be very pragmatic. Um, and I think to be honest, I think what Andy probably came in and, and did was using his experience as he kind of talked about, um, in the interview to then just learn and, and, and kind of move things forward. Right. Um, yeah and i don't know man it, it must have just been crazy especially when you're at that level and you come in and start working during a global pandemic for a university organisation which don't just teach i mean they've got the research side of it as well they've got a lot of kind of you know external bodies and things like that that they're a part of and didn't he mention that um in the interview about something like he didn't realise how big UCL were up until hmm. he was interviewing and then he saw stuff on tv and it was like you know ucl did this research and things on buses
1: and it's also that thing isn't it when you when you kind of as soon as you notice something you then notice lots more about Mm, that something mm, like mm. it's everywhere all of a sudden uh i I, I guess it's kind of some kind of bias that our brain suddenly switches on to all the information like um you just start noticing that product or that that thing everywhere Mm. um Mm which must be something to do with psychology, I think as much as anything, but yeah, like all of a sudden he was aware of it. And I, I think, you know, UCL is an institution, you know, up there with Kings and Imperial in London as being, you know, those real kind of prestigious organizations. Yeah. And I think that gives, I mean, he talks a lot about the the mission and, and, and making sure that the team buy into the mission and the purpose of the institution. And I can only imagine that whilst you understand the prestige of the organization, mm. actually not being able to go into it physically as a new leader, as a new exec, mm. makes that harder because you don't get to, you know, an institution like that. I think you kind of walk around it and you get a feel for it and you get a kind of sense of what its identity is. And that's harder to do when you're sat on a Teams call and you wherever it might be that you're living and and you're not you're not kind of physically kind of in it.
2: Yeah. Well it's it's a brand, isn't it really? Like when you think of UCL, you think about like you said, Imperial Kings. But it's it's a global brand. It's like you know Harvard University and all these sorts of things, right? Yeah. Like UCLA. And I think that's
1: where it's where, you know, he talks about the difference between commercial and an and H E and, you know, non-commercial. Um, no slight to a company like ours, but we can move offices. Mm. Yeah. You get a sense of culture, sure, when you go into the office that's different to sat at home yeah. and you're talking to everyone on screens, but it's less jarring. Mm. Whereas I think a university,
2: yeah,
1: certainly an academic institution like that that's been around for centuries, mm. I, I can only imagine that getting in there physically yeah. makes a big difference. So, you know, to, to all those people who joined, to, who started new roles during a pandemic um, hats off for 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 kind of conquering those challenges. Mm. But I really think that 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 this has some unique challenges that make it really really kind of inspiring that that, that people have gone in and, and given their time and and a and kind of building new teams there and, and a new kind of direction that that takes those those institutions forward yeah. um, into the world after the pandemic when hopefully they're going to continue to thrive
2: yeah no one hundred percent and I think um I, I think also it's just shown people that uh starting a new job can be done it can be done remotely it can be done you know, you can get on boarded um, and it's all about kind of processes that you have in place. And if you've got the right people there for the role, then 100 um, percent, yeah, things can be a bit easy. But yeah, we hope um, we hope that the rest of Andy's time is actually uh, a lot better. Um,
1: well, not yeah. a lot better because it's not to well, say that it's
2: been bad. Yeah. But- well it, it, but more in, more involved physically more involved physically that's that's what i'm saying yeah yeah yeah, yeah years hung yeah. over folks don't don't judge no me. no i'm not mate i'm on <laughs> <laughs> oh oh dear i'm fine
1: um <laughs> we're going to be back later in the week with part two of the interview with andy he goes on to continue to talk about building teams so we'll we'll wrap up today here and uh, we'll be back with you on friday